0: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I'd like to welcome you to my January 2018 podcast series of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. But first, a word about this month's sponsor, Conversant. Conversant brings a different kind of ethics and compliance solution to your organization. These days, business success demands something different, a corporate culture centered on integrity and ethical behavior. Conversant provides your teams with a centralized platform and automated processes that connect your business goals with your ethics and values. The result, a highly strategic program that drives ethics and values values to the center of your business. Through the use of the Conversant Ethics Cloud platform, it gives you the choice of what you need according to your compliance program maturity. As your compliance program progresses on its ethical journey, Conversant can meet the needs of your requirements with unified ease of use and all of your ethics compliance data in one place, increasing transparency and efficiency while reducing cost. If you have been following me over the past year, you know that I have gone on a one-year exploration of various components of a best practices compliance program. However, during this exploration, there were two very important documents released by the Department of Justice relating to a best practices compliance program. In February 2017, there was the Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs document, and in November 2017, there was the announcement of the new FCPA Corporate Enforcement Policy. Therefore, in this month of January, I'm going to lay out for you what should go into your best practices compliance program based upon the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program and these two documents. Over the next 31 days, I will be exploring the best way to more fully operationalize a compliance program using the most recent DOJ resources. I hope you will join me for the full 31 days as we engage in an exploration to a more effective compliance program. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day 20, Responding to Investigative Findings There is nothing like an internal whistleblower report about an FCPA violation. The finding of such an issue, or worse, a subpoena from the Department of Justice, trigger the Board of Directors and Senior Management's attention to the compliance function and the company's compliance program. Such an event can trigger much gnashing of teeth and express outrage, followed immediately by proclamations that, quote, we are an ethical company, end quote. However, it may now well be time for a serious reality check. The Department of Justice Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs focuses on this question with the following from Prong 7, response to Investigations. What has been the process for responding to investigative findings? You may well, you may find yourself in the position that you will have to lay out some very frank discussions about what to expect in terms of costs and time outlays. While much of these discussions will focus on the investigative process and those costs, these discussions will allow you to begin to talk about the remediation process going forward and begin to explain why money must be budgeted for the remediation process. One of the things rarely considered in the investigative process is how, rather, the investigation triggers the remediation process and what the relationship is between the two. When issues arise warranting an investigation that would rise to the Board of Directors level and potentially require disclosure to the government, there is usually a flurry of attention and activity. Everyone wants to know what is going on. Russ Berlin, the Chief Compliance Officer at Domatic, Inc., has noted... For that short moment in time, you have everyone's full attention, yet it can still be a tricky place because you will get your 15 minutes to really get everyone's full attention, and from then on, you're fighting with everyone else for their attention, just like normal things in business. It is they're, they're coming in and saying, okay, here's the situation. As we know it, there's an investigative path, and corresponding to that, here's what we think the remediation path is, and some outlines of what it's going to take, often with dollar signs attached to it. You need to explain the cost to the board and senior management. You need to be upfront and candid and firmly state, for us to get to this place, this is what it's going to cost. Moreover, you need to be able to show how some companies have paid very large amounts, not in the eventual fine and penalty, but also in other costs. Obviously, these costs can include shareholder derivative actions, post-judgment remediation and monitorship costs, etc. Berlin went on to say, we want to show how people have lost money by having to write big checks because they didn't take this seriously, save money, and because they didn't want to write a check as big. The return on the investment is going to be very high if you do this. This has been obviously made easier with the new FCPA corporate enforcement policy announced by the Department of Justice in November 2016, where you start with a presumption of a declination and move forward to between 50 to 25% discounts. So you can certainly see how these types of responses can lead to a dramatic lessening of your fine and penalty. One of the most difficult parts is that an investigation is often done in a way in which the investigators want to maintain as as tight a control over the information and privilege as they possibly can. The remediation requires output from the investigation to understand where the risk points are and what the gaps are, both in the compliance program and in the internal controls. There is certainly a tension there, and it needs to be structured in a way that information can be shared with those who are designing the remediation without fear of compromising the investigation. Dan Chapman, former CCO at Parker Drilling and Cameron, believes that it's important to make, <clears throat> make it personal at the highest level in an organization uh, and try to make it as real as well. He asked boards of directors and senior management, what about you? How do you feel about being involved in this? Rather than being something that's out there, the company, what about you? How do you feel about this? Obviously, the investigation can be critical for you to help understand what your remediation, what remediation your compliance program will need going forward. Basically, you're in the situation as noted by Berlin, somebody found a way around our system. Maybe they colluded to overcome internal controls. Maybe there was a group that simply wasn't well trained, didn't understand, or there was a group that was extremely well trained and decided to do it anyway. But somehow there are issues in your system and the overall overall system set by management, the governments, and compliance, all at a meta level. It is axiomatic that you cannot find gaps in your compliance program until you stress test it. Viewed in this light, compliance failures can be viewed as the ultimate stress test. Absent the investigation, as painful and as difficult as that may be, there are gaps that need to be filled. The investigation will raise information to you about the failures of your compliance program that you may not have Known previously existed. Well, there will be a desire by some, fi- some folks not to give out any information about the investigation until it is complete and there is a final report. You must resist this at all costs. If the results of the investigation cannot be made available to you as a CCO or compliance professional charged with the remediation of the compliance program, such remediation will be extremely difficult. There should be a solid line of communication between the people who are doing the investigation and the people who are leading the remediation. Otherwise, you can only begin your remediation in the most general terms and you will not be able to deal with specific gaps in your compliance programs or risks that need to be managed. Such an approach can also be a recipe for disaster. First and foremost, the DOJ will not give you credit and you will lose all of the benefits that are articulated in the FCPA corporate enforcement policy. Of course, there's always the dreaded where else question in any FCPA investigation. The key is anticipating the, when the question is going to come up and having an answer ready, which is we are going to do a comprehensive risk assessment of the remainder of the company. We are not going to go out and look under every leaf and check every tree, but we're going to do an extensive risk assessment, and we, think, we will come back to you and tell you we don't think there's a likelihood of issues in other places. However, the answer could also be something along the lines if we have found a high likelihood and we're going to continue to take a deeper look and <clears throat> consider that section until we know if something's happening or not. This is certainly an acceptable answer. And this is where your key conduit between your investigation and remediation protocol comes into play. So, what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one, a serious FCPA violation gets the attention of the board and senior management. Use this time to move your compliance program forward as everyone is focused. Two, be aware of how your investigation can impact and even inform your remediation efforts. If you do not inform the remediation team about the findings of the investigation, they will be operating largely in the blind and they may or may not hit the right issues. And finally, never forget how to deal with the dreaded where else question. This is Tom Fox. Hope you've enjoyed day 20 of 31 days to a more effective compliance program. And I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day 21 when we take up continuous improvement in a compliance program. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to... This episode of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program, sponsored by Conversant. I hope you will join me tomorrow, and indeed for the entire 31 days in January, while I will be exploring the best way to more fully operationalize your compliance program using the most recent resources the Department of Justice has communicated to us, the evaluation of corporate compliance programs and the new FCPA corporate enforcement policy. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network.